I mean, like the second like the puree hit the oil, like I remember that sound of like the the little balls of acra like bopping up and like the smell of, of fried bean fritter. It, it, those, there's nothing I know that I've eaten here that could transport me that far back. And it seems to be puffing up pretty nicely. I'm pretty happy with what's going on right now. My name is Yawande Komalefe. I'm a chef and recipe developer. I was born in Berlin grew up in Nigeria, and I now live in Brooklyn, New York. This is the Feet in Two Worlds podcast. I'm Jocelyn Gonzalez. What would it feel like to be thousands of miles from the place where you grew up? And the only way you could get that feeling of being home was through your own cooking. For many of us, the taste, texture, and smell of food is the most evocative time machine we can access. But when you're an immigrant who can't go home, those flavors and smells take on an even greater significance. For 20 years, the only way Yawande Komolafe could connect with her homeland of Nigeria was through food. Food shaped her profession, and as Rachel Bongiorno found, it also gave her a unique perspective on the experiences of other Nigerians in the U.S. The rest of the veg stock is in the fridge on the door. So just put the veg stock in there, plantains on top of it, and just leave it on the stovetop. Don't simmer. We'll simmer closer to Yawande Komalafe is standing behind a marble countertop in the kitchen of her Brooklyn loft. Strings of golden lights hang from the ceiling. Coral red papaya and green shallots adorn the area where she works. Yawande moves swiftly but calmly, jumping from mixing batter to frying little balls of dough, before meticulously checking each item of a food prep list that's stuck on the fridge. With a couple of friends helping out as sous chefs, she's preparing a four-course meal for around 40 people who'll arrive in just over an hour. So right before guests start to arrive, we should talk about how we're serving each item. It's part of a dinner series you one day started about two years ago called My Immigrant Food Is. Um, I caramelised some like onions, garlic, some habanero chilies and mix that with like the eggs and then I'm mixing that into the dry bean powder. They're fritters so they're gonna get like deep fried. And is this something you grew up with? Um, I definitely grew up eating akara. Yeah, it was, it was like a Saturday morning thing. Um, what were your Saturday mornings like? Huh, it's been so long ago that's like a 20 year old question. What were my Saturday mornings like? Get up and watch cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> and smell acar being fried. Oh it's so very Yawande left Nigeria at just 16 years old to start college in the US. Suburban New Jersey was a far cry from the lively big city vibe of Lagos. Although she initially lived with her aunt, that didn't replace the comfort of her parents and siblings. It was so strange. I, I remember just feeling that sense of like being alone without my family and like my family was very far away. Like I wasn't really aware of like how big a deal it was that I had just left my home and moved here for college. To me it was like, well I moved here to go to school and so that's what I'm doing. So it was a lot of just kind of like 
putting my head down and like doing it, but not really considering. I think the reflection part of it came later. Yawande came to the US on a student visa. She did a psychology degree before pursuing her dream of working in food. But in her second year at culinary arts school, she lost her immigration status. Larger schools have whole departments that support international students, but where Yuande studied, there wasn't anyone with that experience. She says her school mistakenly deleted her record, and so she lost her student visa status. She appealed to have it reinstated, but was unsuccessful. Now she was faced with the choice. Leave the US because of someone else's mistake, or stay without a valid visa and build the career she set out to achieve. Yawande opted to stay, but that came at a cost. She wasn't able to leave the country because she wouldn't be allowed to come back in. As time passed, she felt increasingly distant from her home and her Nigerian identity. There's a sense of being disconnected from the person that I was then to the person that I am now. Not having been back to my parents' home in Ikeja or like not having been back to like the home I grew up in or like my old high school. I think there are questions in my head that like had started to doubt that that I was the same person or like that person was real. She turned to cooking for comfort. I think food like sort of brings me back down to earth <laughs> and it's like yeah you are that person and you did experience like eating acara on a Saturday morning and you know you do remember eating plantains. I was talking to her about the plantain crema so I'm going to use it as a puree on the plate so it's boiled plantains pureed with coconut milk a little seasoning like salt and pepper and that's going to go with the fish dish. Standing behind the mixing bowl churning plantains and coconut milk, Yawande is dressed in a black t-shirt with bold red text that reads, I am an immigrant. She says she started the dinners around the time of the 2016 US presidential election. It wasn't just a way for her to go home, but a way to cope with the anti-immigrant climate engulfing the country. Um, so the, the election sort of brought to the surface a lot of sentiment that I had experienced living here in the U.S. as an immigrant. It brought with it a lot of fear and anxiety, a lot of doubt. This country where I had been for close to 20 years, it was telling me that I should be back in Nigeria and I should never have come here. The political climate also spurred a personal coming out. Yuande worked in several high-end restaurants in the US, but the food she cooked was French, Korean, Southern, not Nigerian. So Nigerian food as like a personal thing was me not sharing it with people. And I guess it was also a way for me to like make sense of my new environment, just having this one thing that I held on to. After the election, Yuande felt compelled to be vocal about being Nigerian and her immigration status. The dinners became her platform to do that. Cooking Nigerian food became a statement. The dinners were sort of my way to be vocal as an immigrant and to say no, like I want my voice to be heard and I want to take a stand that, you know, I am supposed to be here and 
definitely a coping mechanism as well. So just a, a little bit about, I've been running these dinners since November and it's been a way for me to connect to a place that I can't physically been. I'm currently undocumented. I got married, but like Trump, everything, it's like taking a really long time. And I haven't been back to Nigeria in 18 years. <laughs> um, so like cooking. Your one day's guests appreciate what she's trying to do. Uh, my name is Rachel. I am originally from Liberia. I've grown up a little bit all over between the US and several different African countries. Um, in a time where being an immigrant and being an outsider is not looked at as a positive thing. I think it's important to reinforce ways in which that's a connector rather than a divider. Um, I also feel very proud to support an initiative of, of a fellow immigrant and Africanist, one who shares some of the same values and experiences than I do. And that's where I get really excited about some of the creativity that we're bringing because we get fried plantain, oil plantain, crushed plantain, there's a sense of, this isn't just about the food, it's also about the community that we're building around food. That's Stephanie Yawa de Wolf. She's from the West African nation of Togo and collaborated with you one day at one of her dinners. A lot of what we've been talking about is just this political moment and what it means to be an African immigrant and the ways that we don't move freely through the world. The guests pass around a grain salad that's served in deep brown clay bowls that Yuande's mother brought over from Nigeria. Her parents happened to be in town for summer vacation, so Yuende wanted to include some items from home. I felt that it was important to include the things my mom brought from Nigeria because part of the dinners is also just trying to connect to my parents. She packed like these clay, these beautiful like clay pots, which I remember her using similar pots for cooking in her kitchen. And then she packed some local honey. It's, it's a wildflower honey and it turns out looking really dark. And it tastes like it was filtered through like toasted millet. It's, it's got this like really depth of flavor. It's like, I wouldn't pack honey in my suitcase. I would think immediately that like my clothes were gonna get ruined, you know, but like my mom did that. So it was really special and great to have my mom be part of the dinner and like the things that she literally carried over the ocean to me. I'm Motunde Komolafe. I'm Yewande Komolafe's mother. I live in Nigeria. I think Yewande is now the fourth generation of women in our families, both my family and her father's family who have communicated and influenced their generation through food. The long history of women in Yuande's family who've made a career out of food range from street vendors to food scientists. A big influence in Yuande's cooking is her grandmother, known affectionately as Mama George. She always was a ready entertainer. You could come into a house. I mean, we had cooking around the clock. And she did this even when she was living abroad in Germany in the late 70s. Everybody knew her across Germany. If you wanted to eat African food, you went to Mama George. I, I remember cooking in college 
while I was I was living on campus and also being the center point for like my friends they would come over and eat and you know hang out in my apartment because I was always cooking but it never really I never really connected the dots until um, a summer in New York my mom was here and I was talking to her about like our family history and I was like oh my god I am that person too <laughs> you know Yawande's feasts are an amazing combination of colors flavors and textures but my favorite was the entree a bright red gazpacho soup that was the sweetest and smoothest I've ever tasted topped with a crispy crab cake and fresh herbs herbs that were picked that day from a local aquaponics farm in Brooklyn Oko Farms has become a key element to the dinners. It's a small farm in Bushwick, Brooklyn, run by Yemi Amu, who's also from Nigeria. When Yewende and Yemi met, they were excited to create a Nigerian Brooklyn farm-to-table experience. Hi. Tucked away on a bustling urban street next to an empty lot, Oko Farms is a tranquil oasis. It's a pretty tight operation. There's a small pool where the fish live that's covered with a white tent and then a separate longer pool where the plants grow. Treating them with salt and the salt seems to be doing... See how the big guy comes in and just like pushes everyone aside? We raise freshwater fish and vegetables in a recirculating water system. It's not just that fish are providing waste for the plants. Uh, food for the plants, it's also that the plants are cleaning the water for the fish. So it's, um, it's a symbiotic relationship between the fish and the plants. Although they've been collaborating for a while, this is the first time he one day has visited the farm. So what we're looking at right now is a ginormous pool that's 50 by 13 by 12 in size where we have these uh, white floating um, boards with plants sitting in them and growing. More kalalu, that's sorrel over there. The sorrel is what you use? The yeah. sorrel, yeah. Um, I used lemon sorrel yeah. specifically, yeah, right? Specifically, mm -hmm. yeah. And watercress. And watercress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The lure of the farm for me is that I could get produce from you that you picked that morning yeah. and serve it on my dinner menu that same day. Yeah. and. That's sort of reminiscent of what I was talking to you about, about like having to be the one to like go pick spinach. Like if my mom was cooking or like making a chicken, like she was killing it that day. I was so jealous because even though I grew up in Nigeria, I grew up with a completely different experience. And I remember you saying specifically, like if you want something, I can grow it for you. It's yeah. like, when do you that's have my, someone say that? dream <laughs> is to just have people tell me, hey, grow this for me. For Yemi. Collaborating with Iwande on the dinners has become an important way she can connect to home as well. It's a way of creating community for us, and it's also a way of connecting with our childhood. Meeting a Nigerian woman that's a chef <laughs> and can take my food and make Nigerian food with it and also share it with a community of people who are interested in hearing her story, that only happens in New York, I think. <laughs> Beyond her dinners, Yuande's been doing whatever she can to get as close to Nigeria as possible without leaving the US. Last summer, she and her husband Mark embarked on a road trip around the country to visit West African restaurants from North Carolina to Texas. She wanted to get inspiration for her dinners and also see how other West African migrants use food to connect to a distant home. 
Though all her efforts to cook her way closer to Nigeria have been empowering, they can't replace being there. You know, it's it's one thing to, like, eat Nigerian food here, but it's another thing to, like, be there in Lagos and, like, go to the markets and, like, experience the whole thing. And it's, it's also a way for me to prepare for when I actually do go back there, familiarise myself with, like, all the things I encountered growing up. It's been about a year since I first met you one day, and her situation has changed dramatically. Although she's been married for a couple of years now, her green card only arrived in the mail last fall. So this spring with Mark, you one day got to leave the US for the first time in years and go back home to Nigeria. It took a few days to remember places and streets. Yeah, I was kind of just taking it in. I was just taking in the novelty of everything. I, I felt like I, I was in like a sensory overload, like the, you know, the, like every part of my senses was stimulated. And I'm not sure if it's because everything felt so new and fresh and different, but like I felt like the colors looked brighter, the flavors tasted like sharper, you know, the sound sounded so different, like waking up to like a cock crowing in the morning. But what she really loved was the food. The food, the flavors were amazing. Like they were really like intense on my palate. Like it was, it was like smoky and it was fermented and it was spicy. I felt like the flavors were really, um, I'm like making that motion like high, <laughs> you know. Yuanda says that going back to Nigeria gave her inspiration for her dinners. So it feels like I'm, I'm not just cooking from memory now. I feel like I'm cooking because I've tasted it and I recognize it, you know. As far as how it influences my cooking, I, I think that I'm trying to get to that place where the flavors that I create are like blasting everybody's palates, <laughs> you know? So it's like very spicy. And it's like, if something's mango, it tastes like you're like biting it right off the tree when it's like fresh and ripe, you know? So. And how did it feel for you to be there? Um, I mean, it was refreshing. I, I felt amazing. There were black people everywhere doing everything. You know, I feel like there's this um, story that we're told in America that if you're a person of color, you're only supposed to be a certain way or only supposed to do a certain thing or, you know, and there it was, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like I stuck out. Like I felt just like I was part of it. You know, so there was a connection to like the people there because I could feel like I belonged there in a way that I don't feel like here. For so long, you one day used food as a way to connect to the person she was when she left Nigeria, her 16 year old self. But going home didn't magically make that happen. But I think it's something that I'm still processing, like what that even means to be connected with that person. Like it still feels like two separate people. I don't know that they've merged in my head yet. <laughs> what do you think it would take for them to merge? Or? I think just like time to process. And I, I mean, I was also there for like two and a half weeks. So that wasn't a lot of time to reconnect 20 years of absence, <laughs> you know? Yuande's relieved that now she's got a green card. But she says all those years of living in limbo still take their toll. I guess the anxiety of being un undocumented hasn't like vanished as much as I would like it to. Like it's still, I think, you know, anxiety is sometimes like a habit that you take on as a response. 
you know, a habit is hard to break. The intent behind the dinners is to connect with an identity that I felt distant from. And so I, I think that's just an ongoing process. Originally, the dinners and cooking Nigerian food were the only way for you one day to go home. Now they're a way for her to build a home here in New York. This story was produced by Rachel Bongiorno. Our executive producer is John Rudolph. Our podcast editor is Rosalind Tordesillas. May Lang McNamara is our managing editor. And our show is mixed by me, Jocelyn Gonzalez. The music in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions and Little Glass Men. Feet in Two Worlds brings the work of immigrant journalists to public radio and the web. Feet in Two Worlds is supported by the David and Catherine Moore Family Foundation, the Ralph E. Ogden Foundation, the J.M. Kaplan Fund, the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Ford Foundation, an anonymous donor, and readers like you. You can make a contribution on our website at fi2w.org. Feet in Two Worlds is a project of the Center for New York City Affairs at the New School. Thank you.